Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, and this is episode 11 of Passionate Pioneers. In this episode, we spoke with an inspiring nurse practitioner seeking to change healthcare from the inside and embrace the superpowers of our next generation. Weaving the threads of mom, entrepreneur, teacher, nurse, primary care provider, and science geek, Amy Edgar founded the Children's Integrated Center for Success in 2014. Amy Center unites systems thinking and integrated care delivery models to create a primary care center focused on children with behavioral health needs. From the latest in genetics research, nutrition, and occupational therapy and speech, to art and equine therapy, to staffing school advocates and marriage counselors, Amy's organization offers hope and answers for the families the center serves and the need to reach every child, every time. During this episode, Amy shared her inspiring work with the center and the positive impacts the organization has had on thousands of families in Pennsylvania and beyond, and how Amy is now focusing on scaling her passions with her technology company, Blackbird Health. Before we start the podcast, I want to thank Amy for her dedication and passion to serve some of the most vulnerable members in our communities, our youth. Amy's relentless dedication to improving the lives of our children is incredibly inspiring, and I'm honored to highlight her work on Passionate Pioneers. It is my hope you will connect with and support Amy as she now dedicates herself to scaling her mission across the country. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Amy, welcome to our podcast, being recorded at Halo Creative Labs, located inside of Angel MD's headquarters here at Catalyst, our healthcare innovation campus in downtown Denver. Mike, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. We're glad you're here as well. And Amy, I'm honored to have you as a guest on the podcast to discuss a subject impacting communities across our nation and beyond. Children and adolescents who are living with autism spectrum disorders, ADHD, anxiety, and mood disorders. I'm also excited to discuss how you and your colleagues are creating a path to success for these members of our communities and their families. Your work and mission in life is desperately needed, and I can't wait for our community to learn more from you. And not only are we going to discuss your organization, Children's Integrated Center for Success, which is located in Pennsylvania and serving families in the Lehigh Valley, we're also going to geek out a bit on Blackbird Health, the tech company you and your team are building to further open up access and to scale your inspiring mission of deploying precision medicine by way of your team's platform. Wow, this is going to be exciting. But before we dive into all of that, Amy, we're going to do the icebreaker round. We're going to randomly select one of three questions for you so our community can get to know you a bit. Let's see what we come up with. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Favorite place, Amy. So we're going to discuss your favorite place on earth you've ever visited and why. So my favorite place doesn't exist anymore. 
So uh, when I was thinking about the possible questions I would answer, you know, there's so many places I love the redwood forest, the ocean. I've been to Africa and that was amazing. And there's a place I grew up in Tennessee and there's a place in middle Tennessee in a town called Bell Buckle. Bell Buckle. <laughs> Bell Buckle, Tennessee. <laughs> and uh, shout out. And my grandfather, when I was growing up, had a large piece of land in that country, you know, in the countryside. And there is a particular spot on that property. It's a, a spring, a natural spring. And uh, we used to go uh, ride horses to the spring and hang out in the spring. And it's just this amazingly beautiful, green, lush um, place. And uh, it was one of my favorite places to go as a kid to um, read or, um, like I said, we would ride horses there. And it was just my favorite place. And uh, I believe that that property was developed. <laughs> so, so I don't think it's there anymore. <laughs> but is the town Bell Buckle still around? Bell Buckle is still there. Yeah. Right. Here they have amazing outlets. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Bell Buckle it is. Uh, well, thank you for that, Amy. And of course, we have a lot to cover today. You know, your work in, in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania serving thousands of families is so inspiring and can't wait to hear a little bit more about that. And then, of course, all of the work you're doing with Blackbird and about to hit the scale button with all of the work you have done previously and getting ready to scale that across the nation. But before we dive into all of that, Amy, take us back a bit. How did you get to where you have been now serving thousands of families throughout Pennsylvania? How'd you get here? I feel like my whole life kind of leads to this point. I mean that in personal and professional ways. So I've always been interested in kids and adolescents. Um, all of my clinical work across time has involved um, children and adolescents. I also um, have a daughter who has autism. She'll be 19 in November. And so I've lived a journey as her mom um, and a family member of someone with autism. And so so from being a professor and teaching about mental health, from taking care of children um, and adolescents as a clinician um, with mental health, and then being the mom of someone who has autism, uh, really every aspect of my life kind of leads to this point. And, and that's really what happened. The convergence of my life at a time when I could actually do something about it. And that's something about it that's now turned into CICS. We're going to talk about Blackbird. Give us a little bit of the history of the Children's Integrated Center for Success. I mean, the, the story is so powerful. And before you do dive in for, for some context of, of our listening community, I was invited to go and, and speak and be part of a, a conference, a small little summit in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a number of years ago, and was awestruck by the passion and the fire you brought in so many good ways around this subject for the uh, very intimate conversations we were having at UPMC a number of years ago. So I would love for you to share a little bit about what are you guys up to at CICS? How did it come about and, and why is the passion still pulling you through uh, today? Yes. So um, when I reference that convergence, there's this amazing moment in time that's happening right now where uh, science and technology um, are exploding. And at the same time, there, I have this deep sense of frustration that we're not able to get um, the best science, the, the best interventions 
to families and people who need them faster. So um, CICS was really the, the culmination of everything that I wish that we had had when my daughter was little. So um, the clinical side of integrating care, doing a, a 360 is, you know, that's how I describe it, really understanding everything you can about a person to be able to identify the um, most valuable interventions for that person. You know, that was all, those were all the things that we wanted and had a really hard time finding. So the clinical side of creating the model was very um, easy for me because I knew what it, I knew what I wanted. Um, the integrated care side was challenging um, because we, medicine is delivered typically in silos. That was a bit of the fire that, that no. we uh, shared in Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's pervasive around the country, Amy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, the delivery of care in silos, lack of integration in terms of interventions. Um, so I... I had the opportunity, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to be able to do exactly what I wanted, which was take all of that and put it together in one place. So um, CICS was really the, the um, starting point for, you know, the adventure of my life, which is, uh, can, is it possible, I asked the question, is it possible to bring evidence-based care, use science, use technology, um, integrate it, and get better outcomes? And the answer is a resounding yes. So so that's that's where CICS came from, how it started, and where we are now. Well, Amy, the answer is a resounding yes today, but how many years ago uh, was it still a question mark, still unproven? How many years ago did CICS start? So we've been... Uh, treating families for five years. Congratulations. Uh, we started, so everything about the place is, is out of my head. I mean, I, we designed it, um, the team, I recruited the team. It really is a labor of love um, every day. And uh, so we actually, I can say, had patient one. I remember, you know, remember she was a little blonde haired, curly haired little girl. Um, and she and her mom walked in and we were all so excited that she was there. And her mom said, are we your first patient? (laughs) I said, well, you're our first patient here. I've had lots of patients in my life. Um, but you know, so we went from patient one to patient 4,700 and something today, um, in five years, which was, uh, really, exciting. And uh, it was probably year two with the the, uh, kind of unique diagnostic front end that we do. It was year two that we all as providers looked at each other and asked the question, you know, we were like, do you see what I see? Which is, you know, we're we're really starting to see um, children and families from a very different perspective, which is not how are you broken? It's not about how you're you know, not working or what's your, you know, illness or uh, your disease. Um, it's really how you're built. And mm. when you look at someone from that perspective, it's, it's really a game changer. It reframes everything. So it's about year two that we were asking the question about, you know, how do these variables fit together? How do we understand kids? And uh, then we embarked on the grand experiment of teaching children about themselves, the way they're built, their, the way their brains are built, teaching the families, teaching teachers, uh, people in the community, 
And um, that was really the start of, uh, I don't know, the, the amazing uh, adventure that is CICS um, and the wonderful things that we're seeing uh, with children and families. So for the layperson listening in, Amy, part of the, the title or part of the name of your organization is integrated. What, what does that mean uh, for a family? What does that mean for a child? Right. So uh, the integration is, uh, it, there's multiple layers to that around here. So uh, from a kind of classic medical sense, we're integrating multiple disciplines. Um, so people who are treating children from a rehab perspective, so speech and occupational therapy and physical therapy, um, people who are treating children from a medical perspective. So that would be a kind of primary care, physical health, physical medicine, and also behavioral medicine, behavioral health and behavioral medicine. Um, and then we also added uh, layers that extend into the lives of families and kind of outside of the clinic walls. So we have an advocacy program, an executive function um, lab, and uh, we have a mission to incorporate the experience of children within the context of their family and the context of the community. So integrated around here means in every way that we can think of. <laughs> wow. Very good. Now, you also part of, uh, you know, part of your extensive biography is that you are a precision medicine practitioner. One, yeah. what does that mean? And two, is that part of CICS? Yes. So um, when I say precision medicine, uh, what I mean is that we are using very sophisticated um, technology and diagnostics to understand and identify very high value targets for intervention. So in um, traditional medicine, the uh, kind of a, the approach is to use diagnostics to create a, an understanding of a disorder. And then to use all of the tools that are typical and help and helpful in treating or helping that disorder. Um, what we're doing is stratifying to the the most granular level that we can in order to identify what are really high value targets in this person. So it's n of one um, prescribing n of one recommendations. Uh, within the context of an understanding of the person. That's precision medicine as we do it here. Um, there's, uh, there are definitions of precision medicine um, you know, out in the world. Uh, most people tend to think about targeting uh, uh, pharmaceuticals or molecules to particular... Cancer treatments, things like that. Treatments right? and things yeah. like that, yes. Yep. Now, do you see this uh, as a growing uh, area for your field? Is this or is this something new? Are you on the front end of it uh, within your 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 colleagues across the country? Are you starting to hear more about this? Wh where, where what's the state of the union for precision medicine within your field? I, I am starting to hear more about it. Um, I think that we're well. I'm I'm sure that we're out front in the sense that we've been doing it for the last five years. And I think a lot of people are just thinking about ways to integrate it or to start to use it. What I think is most, um, most likely to happen, uh, 
quickest is the uh, pharmacogenomics and understanding um, individual aspects of either metabolizing medicine or uh, which medicine you should take um, and tailoring that to uh, a person's treatment plan. So I hear, I'm hearing more and more about that. There's been um, studies published recently with payers, you know, in collaboration with payers. Um, there's really good evidence behind, uh, you know, several genes in terms of targeting uh, which medication. And so I, I feel like that's really uh, almost ready to break a standard of care. We're probably five years away from that being standard of care, but we're, we're closer than we've been. Um, outside of that, I think that the uh, targeting of interventions to uh, individuals is is much further away that it makes me sad to say that i i wish i'm trying <laughs> we're trying really hard um and and i think that's because you know whenever you're dis disrupting uh a uh, particular paradigm framework way of thinking about something you know it, it takes a while to push that through and that's precision medicine at that level is about um targeting interventions to that granular understanding of people and we're just we're not used to thinking about how someone's built versus how they're broken and and so i think that's really you know the biggest challenge is shifting that paradigm so you've mentioned you are out on uh, up front and and kind of um early adopter on the left side of the of the adoption bell curve which is great and this is why i love hanging out with innovators just <laughs> like you um can you give us some real world examples? You know, you talked about patient one, you still remembered her and what, what mom asked and all that. Can you share with our community some of the real world examples of, of your patients and, and the success stories that you've seen come through CICS? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, it's my favorite thing to do. Uh, so if I do too much, tell me. No, let's go. Let's do it. This is what it's all about. <laughs> So, um, you know, some of my favorite stories are about um, taking children off medications rather than putting them on. And I, it's not that I am anti-medication. I am pro the right medication for the right person under the right conditions at the right time. At the right time, yep. um, And so, uh, you know, I'll pick one from today. I, I had a visit today with... Uh, with a little boy who has had some struggles at school and almost all of his struggles have been at school. So not a lot of struggles at home, not a lot of struggles out in the community. It's really just happening at school. And there was uh, a push to have this child evaluated and the um, request uh, was to consider medication because the behavior at school is really concerning. It's, it, they're not wrong. Yeah, there, you, there are big issues there. What do you mean by struggle? Let's define that. What does struggle mean in this for this patient? So this is a child who is um, under, you know, under stress, uh, throwing chairs and flipping tables and saying all kinds of things and, you know, really having a lot of behavioral issues. And so, uh, the request was medication and, um, 
you know, digging down this, this really isn't a situation where medication is, uh, is going to be recommended. It's situational. There's something going on on the ground that this child is uh, misinterpreting or, or reacting to responding to. And that's really where we need to focus, uh, focus the energy. So, so I took him off medicine today and said, you know, he's a little guy. He's early. He's he's five and in first grade. And I said, can we possibly consider changing the situation? Can he do another year in kindergarten? Can he go back to a place that he felt really supported and loved and have another year of brain maturity? Um, and the family was just, you know, it was just that moment they they were crying and saying, thank you. We really didn't want to use an antipsychotic medication. And this has been really hard for us. And, um, the little, the little guy turned around and, and did a fist bump. He said, I hate that medicine. It makes me too tired. And I, I it makes me feel worse. Um, and so I think that, you know, the, the best stories are when we understand and get the intervention, right. And, um, Kids are remarkably honest and clear about that. So I, I have the the, um, the the amazing opportunity to to meet with kids who bring me their report cards and say, "Look, Miss Amy, look what I did. <laughs> you know, I'm doing so great." Or um, draw me pictures of a, a, you know a trip that they took that they've been waiting for uh, for a long time to be able to take, and were able to to do that because they were better regulated or you know, it's, it's, uh, it, those are the best stories. So when, when Miss Amy gets a fist bump, we know she's one of the cool kids. <laughs> Can yeah. you, maybe let's do one more story. Cause I think it's important, especially for, um, adults listening to the podcast that, uh, maybe parents or uncles or aunts might, might you be able to share a story from the, the parental side of what this care has meant to a family, to the caregiver? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, those are my favorite visits, um, at most, well, at least once uh, a week and sometimes once a day, uh, I have a parent say to me, you know, thank you so much for doing this, for, for opening the practice, for doing, being committed to this work. Um, the, the most powerful stories for me from a parent perspective are the reframe that happens when we teach the families about their children. Wow. So when we understand how a kid is built, we, we do a visit. Once we've collected all the data and done the uh, analytics, we bring the family in and we literally sit down and walk them through every data point and teach them, this is how your child is built. Um, and so everything from, you know, the complaint, uh, I can't go, we can't take my child to, out to dinner because, uh, you know, she uh, hides under the table and puts her, her hoodie up and, you know, won't sit and won't order and, you know, and explaining to them that's not bad behavior. You have a very sensory sensitive child. Sound wow. in your child's brain is different than it is in yours. Mm. And so what your child is doing is responding to this kind of noxious input that you don't even recognize. Um, and I would say very regularly, 
um, you know, parents will cry and, and say, I had no idea. I, I thought this was just bad behavior. I thought there was something going on with my parenting that I wasn't doing the right thing or um, being strict enough or, you know, that, that there was something that, that I was doing that was causing this. And so that reframe of the behavior um, gives both the child and the parent the opportunity to um, understand it and then agree on how they're going to work on it or change it. And so that's really that transformative moment when a, a parent and a child go from thinking about what's wrong to understanding how they're built using what's right um, to find success. Wow, that is game changing. So inspiring. It's so cool. That is so cool. Um, yeah, very good. Fist bump for that, for sure. Yeah. So obviously, CICS is doing remarkable work uh, in Pennsylvania. So congratulations there, Amy. And I know that the work will continue on for the communities and families throughout the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Let's now start changing gears a bit and talk about where Amy's heading next. We're going to nerd out on some tech. So you're now you're getting your hands into a, a startup, Blackbird Health. There's been a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of noise in a good way out in the marketplace about what Blackbird Health is up to. We're hearing about it all over the place. Um, and, you know, Blackbird Health being a digital health company that's determined to solve the access problem to mental health care using precision medicine and technology. Incredible work and incredible mission. Maybe give us a, a little bit of backdrop of, of all the good things happening at Blackbird and the reason why you want to go on this journey now. Yes. So um, the access issue is, is probably the number one um, issue that families across the country face. And so um, when we opened uh, CICS and did all this great uh, learning and you know, exploring and um, creating with our families, um, I was challenged at, uh, at a conference one time by someone who said, well, that's awesome that you're doing this in the Lehigh Valley. Um, what about the kids in the rest of Pennsylvania? And I was like, oh, all right, well, maybe I need to open more centers. And then, you know, he said, well, what about other kids in the nation? And I was like, oh, my gosh, now I need a national network. Um, and then he had the audacity to say, what about all the children in the world? And so I left, I left the conversation literally carrying all the children in the world thinking, I have to solve this problem. This is, you know, it, it, Allentown is not enough. So, um, so Blackbird is really the, um, the first time the, the technology that Blackbird uh, is building and, and uh, will deploy um, is really the first time that you've been able to, that anyone has been able to take science and technology, bundle them together and deliver um, to remote places or places wow. that don't have service providers or um, places that, uh, you know, are um, limited in, in their resources. And so access is the number one mission of Blackbird. And our intent is to take all of this learning and all of the um, powerful work that we've done in creating this pre precision medicine um, model and make it accessible to anybody. And initially, that would be anyone through a care provider, but ultimately, um, wouldn't it be amazing if people could just ask for help on their own? And so do you see 
uh, parents using this? Do you see um, the children themselves using it? Like who who is who's going to have this in their hands? Right. So um, it will it parents, children, other providers. You know, one of the the challenges we acknowledged early on was this uh, practice in silos, and one of the uh, awesome capabilities, superpowers of Blackboard Health is that ability to help people navigate systems. So um, there is uh, something for everybody uh, as far as Blackboard is concerned in, in, in terms of the ways that we can be helpful. So there's clinical delivery, uh, care will be delivered, um, and that's medical care. Um, and then there's also peer support and um, care navigation and uh, a community, just a, a community of uh, like-minded individuals uh, who can really tap into the wisdom of the community. Well, very exciting. And, and I know uh, Blackbird is going to continue to grow. You have a bunch of wonderful people around it and wishing nothing but great success with Blackbird. I'm a big fan. I've been following the journey for a number of years now. Uh, let's talk a little bit about community, actually, and, and what how our community can implement some of your work. So what are two to three action items, Amy, that our community that's listening in can implement with your work and your mission? What are some two, you know, two to three simple action items? Right. Um, so I would say that uh, really first having an awareness of children's stress and distress. Um, so there's a, uh, there are very easy signs to see in children who are not doing well. Um, and, you know, people, uh, family members, aunts and uncles, teachers, being aware and paying attention to those, those signs. So, um, you know, behavior that's different for the child. Often it's not, we think of these kind of overt uh, signs and symptoms, but sometimes it's just the child is no longer doing as well as they were before. Um, and, you know, People tend to, grownups tend to think, oh, it's a phase. Is this related to, you know, uh, developmentally something um, and and stop there. And so really digging deeper into asking the questions about children and adolescent stress and distress um, and then doing something about it when it's recognized. Uh, and there are all sorts of existing systems and um resources to tap into. So um, it, the I actually just used one the other day with a, a kid in session. Uh, it's a um, Nash it's a hot, it's a digital hotline for people who are feeling suicidal. Um, and so encouraging people to look out into the world for resources that um, can help support kids uh, who are who have stress and distress. Um, and then really using that reframe, I think that is so important. It's critical that we stop looking at children and asking how they're broken um, and really reframe that in, you know, how are you built? What's going on here? What What's the root cause of this? Uh, instead of just saying, oh, you know, you have this disease and so we'll, uh, you'll, you'll be broken the rest of your life. That's a great uh, action item for our community. And thank you for that, Amy. And so now we'll, we'll flip the script a bit. Maybe you can share a little bit about how the community can help you. Uh, what is one problem, need, or question that you're working on or, or have, uh, whether it be for Blackbird or CICS or just your work in general, 
that our listening community can help you with? Well, uh, Blackbird is getting ready to raise some money. So if there are interested investors who love behavioral health uh, and digital behavioral health, uh, we'd love to hear from you. CICS in Allentown, one of the things that I committed to early on was creating um, service in uh, the face of demand. So growing capacity in the face of demand, not having kids sit on wait lists. And one of the things that happened very quickly is we realized that kids sit on wait lists because uh, there aren't service providers who take their insurance or who accept medical assistance. And so uh, we actually give away about 25% of the care that we provide. Um, And it's for a variety of reasons. Uh, Either the family is on a wait list and can't get to someone quicker um, and they need an evaluation or, um, you know, they lost insurance and need gap coverage until they get something else. Uh, So we started a not-for-profit foundation to support um, uh, those needs. And so anyone uh, of the philanthropic that we would to hear from you in terms of helping support the foundation and its mission. Where can we find out more about the foundation, Amy? Sure. So uh, CICS has a website, www.everychildeverytime.com. Um, and there's a link to the foundation on our website. Uh, the foundation's mission is, uh, you know, is just explained and described. And I believe there's a an opportunity to click a button and donate as well. Well, we will leave the exact URL to the foundation page in the episode notes uh, uh, (laughs) for this uh, conversation. Um, And then uh, the last thing that I was thinking of is um, our big dream is at some point to create a learning health system that is able to very quickly move science, technology, innovation Um, to the people who need it most. Um, And so anyone who's doing work in learning health systems or has ideas about, um, you know, how better to integrate uh, information and science and technology, love to hear from them as well. Excellent. Thanks for that. Uh, And Amy, how can people connect with you besides the CICS website, whether it be social media handles, otherwise, how can folks connect with you online? Okay, so I'm very active on Twitter. Yes, you are. My handle for Twitter is at Prof Amy E. That is uh, from a time when I was a professor. I also am on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. And um, CICS has a Facebook page. If anyone just wants to connect, I also can give you my email address. Please do. So my email address is A Edgar. So that's A-E-D-G-A-R at everychildeverytime.com. Perfect. Excellent. That's it. Excellent. Well, we'll leave, uh, again, links in the episode notes to all of that as well. All right, Amy, it's time to take this uh, episode home. We have a fill in the blank that we always end with. I'm a passionate pioneer because... I care so deeply about children. All of them. Their children, the next children after that, all of them. And I care so deeply because they're the ones who grow up to uh, change the world. Perfect way to end the uh, podcast. And Amy, I knew I had to have you on when I was going to start this podcast because of your passion, your determination to make the next generation that much stronger and better in our communities, not only in Pennsylvania, but across our country. 
I am rooting you on in Denver, Colorado, a mile high. And I know we'll be seeing each other on the road at some point here in the near, near future. But uh, continue your incredibly inspiring work, Amy. And congratulations on everything thus far. And I cannot wait to see where your journey takes you next. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.